You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Alright, welcome to the show. My name is Eli Steenledge and with me is... Jeremy Holiday. And we are talking about a few things on this episode. So we're going to start out and talk a little bit about a topic um, from an article on binge watching and skipping um, episodes and things like that. And then we're going to move into... Uh, some now playing, yeah, what we've indeed. been watching, some of those things. Yeah, yeah. The, we'll go through those. The topic of this um, episode was uh, prompted by me. I read this article. It is dated July 11th, 2017 in the New York Times. Uh, the title of the article is Skip It, colon, Why It's Okay to Start a TV Show in the Middle. Um, by a critic named James Poniewozik. I can't pronounce that. Controversial. Name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was, it was yeah. interesting. So basically the, the article, the, the thesis of the article is... You should not be burdened by your, <clears throat> quote, Protestant work ethic guilt. <laughs> uh, and it's okay to skip portions of shows you don't like and start in the middle or start when it's good. Skip. or Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, the author also does mention that, like, as a TV professional and a critic, like, he mm. can't openly recommend it, but right. it's okay. It's not what they do. Right, it's not yeah. what I do. But, yeah. And so it's an interesting thing. I mean, the, the context in which it is most interesting to me, and, I, and I'll use a specific example, is with my children. Mm-hmm. There are some uh, shows that uh, we watch together mm-hmm. from beginning to end, uh, you know, and, uh, all the time. Like right. Troll Hunters, amazing show. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it many times. Yeah. Um, we start at the beginning. We follow the arc. You kind of have to. It works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly like the... Um, but even like other kids' shows like Lego Ninjago, which is another staple in our house, you can start at any one of the, You start at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But at any each of the seasons are individual arcs. I, I mean, see. there, there yeah. is a larger arc over the five, six seasons, but you don't you don't need that to enjoy each individual season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the question, though, I think is um, it's relevant, I think, not just for individual people, but it's usually for, like, friends or couples. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, say you're, I mean, like, I, I have more time to watch television than my wife, who's a doctor, mm-hmm. and she's often like, oh, like, what should we watch? You know, which yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have a moment to watch, you know? Right, what are we going to, yeah. Uh, you know, and so, um... But do like, you have to catch up on this bunch of episodes to get to where right. we want to watch? Right, you know, and so, you know, yeah. the, the, there's the thing, like, is it okay to say, like, let's start at the second season of Parks and Rec, because that's when it gets really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of endearing moments. Right. In the first season. The first, yeah. um, but it's a different show once it gets and going. they're a little bit different characters, yeah. 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 Um, and so uh, w- the example I'll talk about is uh, Robotech, which is this um, animated show about robots that transform. There's a, there's a lot that you can Google <laughs> and find out about the production of it. Um, it's essentially this company called Harmony Gold in the United States took three very successful, like, transforming mecha mm-hmm. Japanese shows um, dubbed them into English, recut them a little bit, um, and created like an overarching story that has sort of three phases. Mm-hmm. Macross is the beginning, um, Southern Cross is the second, and New Generation is the third. Um, and of all of them, and so like, and the characters are related in that uh, it takes place on Earth, 
And like <laughs> some characters in the second season are like daughters or sons of characters in the first season, and you only know that because it's in the script. Because mm-hmm. they're actually three different shows that have nothing <laughs> to do with each other. Right. Except they involve robots, aliens, and Earth. And I remember uh, I first saw it as a kid. I mean, so I mean, I grew up in a world where my older brother talked with his friends about stuff. So I, I sat in a com- I sat. Uh, you know, a friend's one of my brother's friend's house one time, and, and mm-hmm. heard him talk about Robotech and saw his Robotech toys and saw yeah. his Robotech video game, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever <laughs> seen. I do not know where I will find it in my life, but I must find this thing." So right. I watched it. Um, when I was a later teenager, later when I was a teenager, um, it showed on Sci-Fi, which we had on our gigantic mobile satellite dish, and nice. it showed every day, and so I got to watch it. Um, but I, you know, my kids are at a point where we've watched a whole lot of stuff in the world mm-hmm. and they'll be in there like they've watched I won't say they've watched everything yeah. but they've watched a good bit of everything that's good out there for kids their age mm-hmm. um, there's still more but you yeah. know like all the big hits right um, and so they'll ask me like you know like what do you like mm-hmm. you know and you know and there's all kinds of stuff that like you know I mean, I'm not going to watch my five year old or my nine year old right. but Robotech is one where I'm like yeah. okay you know like I have this I, I rented like I have this on DVDs that I copied from things I borrowed from the library years ago, mm-hmm. um, before it was even like you know technologically a problem, um, you know. And it's like, so uh, it's like important to me that I like share it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think of it sometimes like, so the question is where do we start? Right. And a couple times we have started at the beginning, which is kind of slow mm-hmm. and it eases your way in and the, yeah. the, the the characters the female male characters they're not particularly compelling right they're very no. uh, staid generic and, and yeah. yeah um you know Rick Hunter interesting mm-hmm. um make kind of boring not particularly right. progressive yeah. or you know she's just like cute and helpless and Rick saves her all the time <laughs> I'm like yeah you know yeah. Um, you know Rick's an interesting interlocutor in that he's you know, he just gets thrown into it. And it never really stuck. I, I've watched the first two episodes with, like, both of my kids. And they're like, this is cool. I like the robots. Why don't they fight more? But Similar reaction with my kids, by yeah. the way. And we've only watched the first two episodes. Um, and some of it just because of busy schedules and yeah. we're watching other things. But uh, kind of the same. They were like, yeah, the space and the robots and the blasting is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, well, so, really so here, and yeah. so... Um, and the second uh, season, it gets really weird. And not, I mean, it gets like it gets weird at the end, mm-hmm. like with uh, Dana and all the aliens <laughs> and stuff. And anyways, um, so but uh, the third one is by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. And so like all of it. So you, this is also you can follow Scott Bernard's story and yeah. see Cyclones and Alpha Fighters and Ye- meet Yellow Dancer, mm-hmm. um, and um, encounter all these different people on this Odyssey like quest um, to Reflex Point. Right, that's yeah. it's set up for that. Yeah, and I was watching on my own, and I was like, I just wanted to watch some of my favorite episodes from that, so I watched them. Mm-hmm. And my youngest son Sam, like, uh, using the iPad after me, and I was still on in his me, and he just saw Robotech and pressed it and started watching the <laughs> one of those episodes, the third yeah. season. Yeah, and he's like, "This is so good," you know. He's, he's <laughs> like, I, "I really like Rook," and Rook, and talking about these characters, I'm like, "How did you? How did you?" Know right, that? and so, and both of them are now hooked because I started with the best of it in the mm, third season, and I remember this. That when I, the first time I watched it all the way through, I started in the third season because that's what was showing on the Sci-Fi Network, and and they just showed it. They like showed it like seven times in a row. Oh uh, yeah, they, they were just like, like and every, the last episode out. was like, and next week the Robotech series begins again as yeah. the aliens attack Macross City, um, and 
<coughs> it was a really compelling argument, at least for my kids, to start off with the the most interesting part or the mm. best part of a series. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, I was just talking to my youngest child's uh, teacher at Prancer Conferences, which mm. was yesterday, and I've never <laughs> with, about how one of the most important things is, uh, you know, uh, a love Robotech? of... No. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, uh, like a, lo- a love of learning or yeah. like a love of reading or interest mm-hmm. in books or stories. Yeah. Because whether or not they develop the skills is much more dependent on whether or not they actually want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so like as yeah. a, you know, uh, as a parent, I'm much more concerned about like, are my kids decent people? Like, yeah. are, they, are they interested in like trying to learn whether or not they're succeeding at that? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so I think that there's an element of that with films. Because it, yeah. it's not just, I mean, there's the point like, oh, it's just entertainment. But right. some stuff is special, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and whether you're sharing it with a spouse or a friend or your children, mm-hmm. you know, there's a way in which um, y- you owe them the best. You know, like because I know, like when I was when I, when I got my well, my friend Marcy into Doctor Who, mm-hmm. I was like, I will show you my three favorite episodes first. <laughs> you know, we yeah. will, we will watch Vincent and the Doctor, which is probably my favorite all time, uh-huh. in which he like meets. Vincent Van Gogh. Have you, I don't know if you don't watch the show, but I haven't seen that one. I mean, so I've seen I, some. I have a T-shirt from it. Mm-hmm. The character who plays Vincent Van Gogh is so unbelievably adorable, <laughs> um, and the story is so powerful that it's like you know. I think any human being can watch it. Yeah. There's a few others that I, you know show her as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and after sort of like that sort of ignites the interest in it, then you have the. Then, then we start at the beginning yeah. or the second season, and, mm-hmm. you know, and find uh, you know a character and companion that we like, and sort of slog all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, slog because some of it's good, some of it's not. Yeah, um, I think the same is true. Like when I eventually show my kids um, the X Files, or eventually, or mm-hmm. when I'm showing X Files to a friend. I mean, there there are a couple episodes that I just absolutely love, and they're right. so good. There's some great, one of, really great I, episodes. I mean, just a shout out to one of my favorite. Um, there's a series of them. Uh, I think the first one is called the Lazarus Bowl. I talk about it all the time. I love it. Do, hmm. do you know? Do you, okay, so the, it, it's about the Lazarus Bowl and I think the Millennium Society. Okay. So the Lazarus Bowl is like it's based on the idea that um, in like the Bible, um, like God and Jesus, they have their power is the Word, like mm-hmm. the Logos, right? right? So when He comes to heal Lazarus, who has been killed, um, there was a, a man in his house who was spinning a pot. Hmm. Or a bowl, mm-hmm. and and as Jesus speaks this powerful word, the vibrations were carried by his hands into the mm-hmm. shape of the bowl. Okay. So the millennium the individuals find this particular bowl, like scan it through a computer and find out what this pow- find out what this like this powerful word is, mm-hmm. and find a way to be immortal essentially. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, a fairly long series about stuff. Uh, it turns out immortality is actually not all that awesome, anyway, which is part <laughs> of the ironies yeah. of the story. Um, but it's one of my, I mean, it's just like a huh. super fun story. There's yeah. also, I mean, and there's a number of really great standalone episodes as well as sort of ones that are part of the mythology. Um, that reminds me as a side note that Chris Carter's Millennium Show, do you remember that? Short-lived? No. Um, about sort of like a... Uh, serial killer like profiler and I can't find it anywhere it's not on streaming or anything I, 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 I don't I use the remember Eli okay apparently that's why it's not available for <laughs> um, anyways yeah there is yeah, and so, some really amazing uh, yeah. X-Files episodes that I've gone back and you know, and so, and I think part of the article is um, well I guess what I'm saying is you know like 
I don't know, like if you're, if you're like, it's near Christmas time here, like mm-hmm. when you get the Lego Christmas catalog, <laughs> they show you like the best six sets yeah. at the beginning. So yeah. if you don't know anything about Lego, mm-hmm. he, he, this is like you can get the freaking Death Star yeah. for $300 or this amazing little ship. Mm-hmm. For twenty two dollars, mm-hmm. it's got fin in it. It's got PB eight, right? They give you the best, and I think that there's something that it, it, it's a unique kind of problem in the world of streaming mm-hmm. because you can watch, you can literally watch. Say, is Buffy? You can watch any moment of any episode you want. True. Yeah. It's different than it was on DVD, mm-hmm. where you had to decide. You know, are you going to buy all of them or a season? Right. Right. And then yeah. once you pick yeah, a, season, a season, you know, like you know, you, you're you're not probably going to skip through and watch season three because you don't. It's it's just like a name on a disc. Right. It's hard. You to know, but when with that, streaming, yeah. there are descriptions of seasons, descriptions mm-hmm. of episodes. You mm-hmm. know, and so that like the choice is much more real. So I think that there, um, there, you know, there. Should be, could be, you know, some way of like formally introducing you <laughs> to a particular series. Yeah. You know, and and, and I think it, um, it, you know, as uh, it's an element of like curation. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think, you know, it, I think it would be cool, or maybe we might see it someday, where it's like, hey, like looks like you were thinking of watching Buffy. <laughs> you know, um, like our community recommends that you start with season three. Right. You know. Yeah. Because um, even if you like the entire series, um, this is the the, be- the best way to find out whether you like what Buffy really mm-hmm. is is by watching season three because yeah. that's sort of the most representative of the series. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, like it looks like you've been browsing and are interested <laughs> in uh, watching Parks and Rec. Yeah. You know, like viewers of the show recommend that you start it's with season, season two, two. Mm-hmm. because Mark Brandanowitz isn't on the show anymore and Leslie Nope finally gets to shine. Right. Um, Maybe this needs to be your uh, my job, your job, or yeah, like its its own streaming service is like oh, laid maybe. on top of it. And yeah, yeah. Like, let me make some recommendations for you. Yeah, um, more um, personalized. I mean, so I mean, I guess in a way, like when I think about the question, like, is it okay to start mm-hmm. in the middle, yeah. or to, to only watch the best of the show? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the answer is oftentimes yes. It's not. It's not a choice that I. It's a choice that I rarely make myself. Yeah. But it's a you know when I'm thinking about introducing someone else to a show, mm-hmm. I, I'm you know I'm not so concerned about do they know like do they know all these details like do they you know yeah. do they see Evil Willow in season one <laughs> do they know what's going on in season five? It's more like um, am I cultivating the love of this show? Like sure. uh, am I showing them the best of the show mm. so they can in, you know have an opportunity to fall in love with what it really is mm-hmm. the way I have? Yeah. Um, which I think is, I mean, you know, is a concern because there are just, I think art is important. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel weird saying that, but like I so said, I care about oh, it. I agree, yeah. And, and if I'm going to like share it to someone else, you know, like I, I want to do that responsibly. Yeah. Um, in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think my sort of approach to this, this idea is like, I, I can see kind of different sides, like you're kind of talking about. And one thing I've been thinking about in general this last year is just been a feeling like a media consumption anxiety in some ways. There, with all these different streaming services, modified fear of missing out, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and also feel like even just a year ago or more, I would still sort of search for the next good thing I was gonna watch. You know, 
felt like maybe there always wasn't something like really amazing I was gonna like as far as like a TV show to get into or yeah. something or I didn't have quite access to that one show that I wanted to watch so I might have to wait a little bit yeah but now I just feel like there's like I mean, it's this, over the top this year. Yeah, there's like a glut of all these things, and I'm, oh, there's really great things that I want to watch, and I don't, I just don't have time to invest in this. Um, but I know I want to eventually, or things that I might normally watch, which might be okay, but I would like enjoy. And now I have to choose like, eh, I may just never watch that show, yeah. you know, like because there's too many other good things. I'm gonna kind of let that thing go. So I think all those things kind of tie into some of that anxiety, and like you said, of kind of missing some things but uh, my, the other side of me i think comes from a few places and one of the quotes in the article says that many creators demand too much patience of viewers who are conditioned by marathon binge watching i don't know i kind of take some uh take the other point of view with that that and even with like music or something everybody's a little bit different but i'm much more of a person who will listen to a whole album of something i don't really like curated playlists that we get on streaming things like now like here oh you like this style of music or this artist let me play you some things no i'm gonna appreciate what this artist did and i'm gonna listen to this whole album or something you know like straight through i don't want to kind of like jump around if i like something i probably like this whole artist you know for the most part Depends on the artist. Yeah. So I, I feel like I want to I need to give like in TV shows in particular a creator license to say, hey, I was building something through all of these episodes. Yeah, yeah. These you know even this first season, which is not maybe as good as where it gets later, but they were still doing something. They were establishing a world, um, a set of characters, and and it can be different for different shows. But I think, like, the article mentions The Leftovers, which I just don't think... I think some of the the general sentiment is like, oh, the first season's not as good. I know we've talked about this (laughs) a little bit. Like, just go to the second season where it gets really great. But the third season just finished this year. Yeah. And I think watching that, you would not have an understanding of where these characters came from, what they've dealt with, the experiences they had, because it was all about, like, their motivations in that season was coming from these earlier episodes yeah. um, to build on that. Well, I, just, I, mean, yeah. I mean, on The Leftovers, like, uh, I liked the first season so much more than the second season. Like, <laughs> so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so far. Yeah, yeah. You, know, um, you know, and so, like, if I had just started with the second, I would have, you know, like, I would have... My experience would have been very different. Right, Because I, right. you know, like, I, thought, I think that... And that, that the shows first a little season unique, is yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but, you know, yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, and I mean, I do like that first season as well. Yeah, I mean, but in in other instances, I think it it may be worthy. And another aspect of this is I've sort of, with so much media out there, I've sort of had to also be okay with, like, I watched maybe a season of something, and it's kind of, you know, progressing now, like new seasons are coming out, and I get to maybe the second season, and I'm like, you know what, I don't really need to watch this anymore. I think a few examples is like Bloodline on Netflix, original show. Like my wife and I watched the first season, was like, actually I started watching it alone and I was like, oh, you should watch this. And she like binged it and caught up with me. And then the, and it was kind of the show where like, I didn't know there was going to be a second season. And then it continued and we watched a few episodes. And at least for me, I was like, nah, I don't really need to watch this anymore. It's kind of like did everything that it needed to for me. I don't need to carry on. Something like uh, The Path, which is a Hulu show. 
kind of about this like cult group kind of like on the inside of uh, kind of understanding the people in it and uh, first season all right um, but then I watched something um, like The Leftovers, which also deals with cults, or Mr. Robot, um, which has these sort of organizations, and I was like, mm, just not as good anymore. Yeah. I don't need to watch it anymore. So I think it's also about sort of letting go uh, of some of those things. The, the article also mentions Twin Peaks The Return, yeah, um, which I think was another thing we hear a lot about too when that series was coming out people would say like there's these guides to like which episodes do i need to watch of the original in order to understand you know going into if i don't want to spend time watching two seasons like what episodes do i need and i and i, you know, I took a lot of sort of offense to that in some ways like no you need to watch all of it it's only two seasons like it's like a season and a half like just watch it even though i acknowledge like the middle of second season is not as good but it's like a part of it um, so you should see it and and I think Twin Peaks The Return certainly had like standout episodes a lot of people talk about episode 8 which is big made like uh, you know waves for like television and like what television can do and so a lot of people are like at least watch that but I'm like I think I hardly understood or like didn't understand this whole season very well but you would just have no concept of what's going on in that episode at all like i don't know how it could mean anything to you uh so and and i think looking at that you have to also trust the creator you know like the that was an intentionally like slow show in a lot of ways and so i think if you sort of feel like well i don't really need to like watch this at the pace that the creator intended i just want to kind of see like the highlights or the what people say is kind of the good parts it's it's like not the same experience you know and you know mark frost and david lynch have said like this show is about the experience you need to enter this world uh the way it is supposed to be entered so i think you know that that is part of the joy of watching a series of like of that is experiencing it as the show develops and sort of rolls out in front of you uh and i think like maybe it's you that's talked about this symphony that comes together and so i think it a lot of times like seeing the different pieces in it like builds up to the whole and like fills it out in this way um that you just don't get when you sort of like jump around between or just see sort of highlights uh but yeah i mean it's i'm not gonna say that anybody can't do that but maybe I'm a little more classic. Well, I mean, here's and, the thing. You know. I mean, the, the the most generous thing I can say about it, because um, I I don't, I feel snobbish. Like, <laughs> you have to you have to watch the entire yeah. show. Right. You know, like it's only anyway. But because but I think though about the, like the sh- like Star Wars. Like mm-hmm. I have I mean I've seen it. We're big fans. Yeah. And I've seen it. You know. I mean, 70, 80 times. Mm-hmm. Like I watched it like every month in the summer <laughs> when I was a kid right. for like, you know, five, six years. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and I remember, like, I've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. you know, like when like Luke sees, realizes his father, I had seen that like 10 or 15 times before I actually understood it. Right, right. And so like, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter what movie I watched first, mm-hmm. you know, whether I sat down for the Hoth battle or mm-hmm. the end of the destruction of the Death Star, I was going to get the whole thing. Right, yeah. you know, and yeah. so like, and when I think about it, it the, the the question is most valuable. Like, well, it's okay to start in the middle if 
um, that's what's going to draw you in to sort of enjoy mm-hmm. what is the totality of that expression. Right. Because, I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, like, if you look at a show like Parks and Rec, love the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, the, I mean, you, you could, like, snip off season one. Yeah. Um, and just start at season two and have that be the whole show. Mm-hmm. And it would be okay. Yeah. You know, and you could just do, like, a recap, like, previously, like, you know, mm-hmm. this man fell in a hole. Um, you know, because I think it, it isn't until the second season that they really... They hit their groove. And like, yeah, or yeah. And even start. You know, yeah. like their characters are, they, they morph a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. Um, you know, but again, I but uh, having gone back and watched the first season with my wife, I'm like, oh, like I, I enjoy it. There's a lot of really fun mm-hmm. stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, but I do think that, like, that's, um, I don't know. I mean, I think just like an artist paints to the edge of the canvas. I mean, I think yeah. a, a, a show, whether it's, one or seven seasons is mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a totality to it that you you get stuff out of by watching yeah. um and and i won't say that like it's hard for me to actually say though that like only watching some of the episodes mm-hmm. um is an incomplete experience yeah because if you i mean two like say if we just take two of my favorite like long-running successful television shows x-files and Buffy the vampire slayer mm-hmm. they both have shows that follow an arc that are essential to the story and they have ones that aren't like standalone episodes yeah yeah or, or even something like maybe it's important for an arc or even an entire oh, yeah. character which mm-hmm. like is not a part of you know not a huge part of the entire story yeah like you can kind of do away with um you know uh, angels first love darla for a <laughs> while and you can be fine i mean you can get right. what i think is the, the heart and beauty of that out of that show without that character or that arc in there mm-hmm. um and also i think too i mean I think there's also, I think it is real that there are plenty of times people and myself are like, oh my gosh, there's 22 episodes in this season. I don't even know if I like it. I'm not going to watch it at all. That's, yeah. And I think that discourages people from seeing shows like The Leftovers, mm-hmm. you know, or, or like even yeah. like Troll Hunters. It's a metric crap ton of episodes in the first season. Yeah. Um, even as a kid show, it's amazing. You should watch it. It's one of the best <laughs> animated kid shows ever. Yeah. But I think that if saying, ah, just watch the good episodes, um, gets mm-hmm. people to dip their toe mm-hmm. in the water yeah. and then be like, oh my God, this is awesome, then it's valuable. Yeah. Then ultimately it's like, because it, it, it allows you, it, you know, you give yourself, give yourself and your friends permission to just mm-hmm. fall in love with something before you devote all that time to it. Yeah. That sounds fine. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's, it's actually, like I said, um, kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, a few unique situations I have had, and this is going to probably sound sacrilegious to all sort of TV people, but uh, Breaking Bad, I watched like season and a half, and honestly, it didn't like totally hook me in. So, but I've heard like... uh, when, When the plane crashed, I was like... (laughs) <laughs> I waited a whole season for this. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'm, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, like, keep me... Didn't make me need to finish it. But I've heard uh, there's some guest directors that have done amazing things, like Ryan Johnson, who's yeah. making the new Star Wars. I guess he did a couple episodes, and they're supposed to be really great, um, just in of themselves. But I've been really hesitant to just, like... Um, sometimes I thought, should I just skip and just watch those episodes? But in some ways... And again, I may be more sort of uh, classical in this concept, but I'm like, well, I'm not really going to be invested in where those characters are in that moment. Yeah, and, and So I don't know that it will have the same impact for right. me, um, that I can just jump into that. Another funny thing happened, I mostly just streamed The Walking Dead through Netflix when it comes on, like yeah, yeah, yeah. a year later or whatever, and 
I was confused at one point because it, it didn't keep like I wasn't seeing the record of like you've watched this episodes and so I thought like well I've watched that part of the season or something and so I ended up like jumping halfway through the next season and starting it um, this was a few seasons ago yeah but I, I've uh, done the same thing yeah and then I was sort of like I yeah. Like sometimes the show does but weird, a lot of stuff weird jumps right in time, yeah, yeah. you know, like and just kind of like, and sometimes they go back and like explain. So I was like, I guess they just jumped ahead and like, I'm not quite sure they were at this place, but it didn't like totally bother me. Yeah. I did end up going back and filling in, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I finished that season before I sort of like realized it or was like starting yeah. to realize it, and then I did take a long consideration, be like, do I even need to go back and watch that? Like, I kind of know what's going to happen. Do I need to? So I can totally see both sides of of the case. So ultimately, I think we're sort of saying, like, do what makes you feel good. Do whatever is going to make you enjoy that experience most or get you into it. Um, If you're trying to get other people into it, do what you need to do to, like, get them to understand why they would want to watch this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, I mean, if you're, like, I mean, like... Uh, this example, so like in, in any like sort of classic video game, mm-hmm. you know, there's usually some kind of preview. We'll say take Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. You start off, you have Magitech armor. Yeah. It's like a robot that shoots magic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you like blow off some bad guys, and then you like lose your memory and go back in time, and you start off as like sort of a very small character. Yeah. Right. That's lost a memory. But you, there's a preview of, like, what... this shows you, like, you could be a robot with magic, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and if you see, like, a trailer for a game or, or mm-hmm. even, you know, like, some, you know, movies, you'll see, like, a, like a, a big climactic thing at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, hook, they're, they're drawing you in. They're hooking right. you into it. Right. Um, and I think that that's... Um, it's, it's, it's hard... Because when I'm trying to introduce, like, old video games to my son, mm-hmm. or it's hard to be like, yeah, like, this is awesome, like, Kung Fu is awesome, you just get punched in the face. <laughs> it's like, no, no, Kung Fu is awesome because you, like, get to fly in the air. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, I think, so it's, um, I, I'm not being as articulate as I want to be, but it makes a lot of sense that if you um, are showing a show to someone else or mm. watching a show yourself and you want to, like, you know, find a love for it, mm-hmm. you should probably watch its best part. Yeah. Or have a glimpse mm-hmm. of what it is at, at its best, because mm-hmm. um, that's what is going to motivate you to like it. Mm-hmm. And some shows start off with a bang. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I, mean I've, I mean, take The Expanse. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's designed to draw you into this world from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. you know, you're just like, okay, uh, what's going to happen next? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. uh huh, yeah, whoa. Yeah. You know, and like fourth of episodes in, you get to be like, okay, now I have a sense of where we are. Because you're just sort of on the mm-hmm. ship with people you know, careening through space and through various dangers at the beginning. Yeah. I think I would maybe disagree with that a little bit because I would say some of the joy of watching shows is building to those great episodes, which to, to me brings some of the most like fulfillment in yeah. watching it. Like, And I'm also somebody, I, I have to admit, maybe not like others, also that like I love sort of like starting shows. Yeah. Because it's like where you enter this new world, you're learning about all these characters and who they are, and I really like that part of it. It's like buying um, stuff and bringing it home and setting it on the floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, I just like entering that and going into that. Um, but then I like that I know, even if somebody tells me like, oh, there's going to be some amazing episodes in season two or something. Yeah. Like, getting to that point and then like now I have a full understanding of who these people are. And, and I, I think I've been learning, I've been traditionally more of a movie guy. 
um, which is, you know, like more of like a singular sit down experience. And I'm learning like with television, realizing how attached I get to characters and, you know, storylines that they are living in. And I think it has a great power to do that. And, you know, not all shows are created equal in that sense of their character development stuff. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's what the creators are trying to do um, to bring you to these points. And, and again, it, shows are, are unique in different ways. Like, I would definitely say, like, X-Files, if you understand the concept, which is really pretty easy to understand of these two FBI agents. Yeah. Like, there are arcs, small arcs and episodes, which mm. you wouldn't really need yeah. the bigger picture. But, again, there would be subtleties that you would get more of once you've seen the other yeah, and I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I just, I want to hold the space, because I, I feel like um, one of the things, so one of the one of the sacred moments in television is, mm-hmm. I think season five of Buffy, there's an episode called Seeing Red. Yeah. Um, it's where um, so someone comes to, sh- it's like when there are the three uh, geeks who are the bad guys, mm-hmm. and one of them comes to shoot Buffy, mm-hmm. and, and uh, shoots her and also misses and shoots up through the window and kills... Um, and kills Willow's uh, lover, mm. um, and she dies. And Willow goes batshit crazy, yeah, and just tears magic Amazing. all over the place. <laughs> um, and it's and it's one of these like it's a you know I mean, it's a, it's a one of the quintessential Whedon esque moments when mm. it's like just they've only been together and feeling good for like a little bit of time. So mm-hmm. of course she has to die, right. but you don't know that yet about his style. And it's and, you know and it's also like when, when Tara dies, it's this totally unexpected gut-wrenching thing when I saw it right Right. and so when I think you know I'm like oh like I want my kids to have the same viewing Mm -hmm. experience that I had Mm -hmm. when I watched this which means they have to watch this and this and this and I (coughs) I just I I like feel like I I try to have enough humility to say they can still have an awesome experience of this show Mm mm-hmm even if they, even of this moment, yeah. but they may not experience th- this moment the in the way. same way that I did, mm-hmm. you know, by by watching it at the, yeah. at the same precursor that I did. True. Because I think like I've watched I've watched um, Buffy and Angel all the way through twice, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and like I don't uh, and so even watched the second time. There are like other, there are moments that are like oh like I don't even remember this happening, <laughs> and this is really awesome. Yeah, uh, especially some of the stuff with um, you know Faith at the beginning. Mm. Um, you know, beginning of the, you know, in the series, yeah. uh, and so part part of what I also have humility about is there's Buffy is great, mm-hmm. and I want to share Buffy with someone. Yeah, they might not like the 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 top seven things that I think are awesome may not mm-hmm. be the same ones that that they find are awesome. Yeah, um, and so I, I like I just want them to be able to. I don't want to force them mm-hmm. to have the exact same experience that I had, which was watching it from beginning to end. Because I right. think I think there's some argument to be made. Yeah. That in the world of streaming, mm-hmm. it it's a it, it's a different yeah. than it was in the world of renting DVDs or buying DVDs. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's a I I, I some ele- yeah, I don't know some element yeah. feels a little bit different, and I think yeah. that they can never because like I I mean they can never 
be in a world um, <laughs> where they have they're forced to watch it on television, mm. where they're forced Same to watch conditions. it linearly because you can only borrow like one season at a time right. of DVDs of Buffy from right. my friend Mark. You yeah. know, like that's not the world they live in. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I don't think they'll ever be there. And like yeah. it's like you have to choose to you have to choose to force yourself into like I'm only going to watch things in order. Or like I'm only right. going to watch one season at a time. I'm not going to jump around. Sure <laughs> show. Like, that's discipline you have to impose on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Um, Part of what what I want to say, I've mm-hmm. talked about this for longer than I had planned, <laughs> um, is uh, I think we'll discover mm-hmm. that um, you know you can still the people will still come away with these really positive experiences of a show, mm-hmm. even if they don't consume it in the same pattern and method as other people do. Like like yeah. like, like your Walking Dead example, mm-hmm. like you enjoyed or didn't enjoy right. uh, this particular season even, you didn't, even though you didn't watch in order. It was an accident. Right. Um, but I don't think it's... Because when I think of, when I think about when, if I think about a corollary like in literature mm-hmm. um, there's some books that I like mm-hmm. and some of them I've read once some of them I've read like ten times or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the way like I interact with it mm-hmm. is that it's like a it's like a garden of ideas, mm. and I'll pick out the ones that are most valuable for me in my life. Yeah, you know, and uh, when I think about what you know, a show is beautiful or valuable, I think it exists in the same way. Like you yeah. have the experience of it, and you don't you don't re-experience of it, re-experience it linearly. Mm-hmm. You re-experience it um, in this sort of selective uh, junction of things in your own mind, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's unique to each person. So I think yeah. it's for me. You know, again, saying that you have to watch it in a certain way, even if it's at the chronological way, mm-hmm. is not necessary and, and a little antiquated. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, two things. I was watching uh, <coughs> Twin Peaks The Return, and my wife, wife watched most of it and also said it was uh, sort of like an 18-hour nightmare. But sometimes when she wasn't watching very closely, but she would come in the room and I'd be, like, laughing, and she'd just sort of, like, stare at me like, I don't understand why... Nothing, nothing would here be funny. Is funny. Yeah, it's not. Funny. And another uh, plug for the leftovers that you were almost to the episode that like blew my mind when I was like at work, I think on a break, and like finished the previous episode and then like went into the next one, and it was like got to watch like half of it on my break or something. It was almost like giddy, like this is amazing. And, like, nobody else knows that, like, how good this is right now. And, like, watching it couldn't, like, experience it with me. So, yeah, that, that was just my, uh, my plug to give you a hard time to go a little farther. So that, I think, wrap up that discussion yeah. and move on to some of the things uh, we've been watching. Now playing. Now playing. Now playing. I'll mention, um, we're going to kind of keep these a little more brief as kind of, like, recommendations or thoughts we yeah. had on them. So I want to bring up Chance Season 2, which is a Hulu original show. I don't think I got to talk about the first season on this podcast before. Uh, It's kind of, uh, this is Hugh Laurie Hmm. doing something a little bit different. Is something completely different? Yeah, now for something a little later. He is like a psychologist that works with uh, Hmm. different people. It's a little bit of like a modern noir mm-hmm. um, style. So he gets sort of like caught up in this mystery and there's like a mysterious woman, a femme fatale sort of that he gets drawn into helping one of his patients, you know, that comes to him. 
Um, and she's mixed up in this sort of like underworld of crime and things like that. Uh, and so the, the first season was definitely playing on those noir elements. And she sort of has like split personality, hmm. we find out. So like he's never quite sure which woman he's getting exactly when he sees her. Or what, like he's kind of confused about what's going on at first. Cause she acts differently. Uh, and then he meets sort of like who this guy who becomes his unlikely partner, who's sort of like the muscle mm-hmm. um, and teaches. So it, it's a little bit melodramatic, mm-hmm. I guess, but I, I sort of still enjoyed it because of like the noir, neo-noir elements to it. And apparently it's from a series of books um, that I'm not familiar with. But So I was, wasn't sure they were even going to make a second season, um, but recently heard they were. So it's almost over. But not quite there. It's kind of at a cliffhanger moment uh, up to where I've watched it now uh, this week. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of recommend it. I don't think a lot of people talk about it, but apparently good enough for Hulu to give it a second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, yeah, some fa- fun elements in the second season. You know, he's sort of starting to have fun as being sort of a little bit of like a vigilante almost, like in unlikely ways with sort of his partner. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of find him sort of, you know, like, getting a little power hungry and trying to help people, but is he doing it, you know, in the right terms and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I've been enjoying that. I think I sort of miss... I think they're going a little bit away from some of the noir Mm -hmm. elements to it. Like, we don't have some of this same sort of new intriguing characters that I really enjoyed in the first season, but it's, it's still keeping my interest. You know, we get into his whole family life with his daughter and ex-wife, and um, there's a new sort of love interest, although she's kind of a side character on things. So uh, I don't know. It seems like they're also building back to something else again, which which I like a lot. Uh, that they might bring back some of those early characters that we saw in the first season. And another little shout out to a connection from earlier in our episode. Uh, Parks and Rec season one has, I don't remember his character on there, but sort of the love interest they bring up is the actor is Paul uh, Schneider. Mm-hmm. And they sort Mark of Daniels, yeah. lose him uh, in the second season. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was not a well written or well developed character nope. for the actor in the mm-hmm. first season. They didn't know really what they were going to do with him. And he's actually a pretty like comedic actor if he wants to be and they didn't really let him be um, Mm -hmm. in that and he's serious in this role uh, sort of like a modern Steve Jobs like Mm -hmm. um, type Mm -hmm. character uh, and and sort of the crime and mystery is kind of centered on him but I was just glad to see him getting more work again because I think he's um, an underused Mm -hmm. actor uh, so it's cool to see him in other stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah I, I really like this sort of movies tv shows that sort of take sort of a normal character and take them into this sort of underworld um i've been reading a lot about noir and stuff recently so i like that they're sort of going through this sort of test of their moral code and things like that yeah. of, of how they're going to do that and they sort of um, have to compromise on those things and what and how they're trying to help people like i mentioned so they're building on all of that, and it has some nice suspense elements um, thrown in there. So uh, a lot of fun stuff. I recommend uh, Chance Season 2. Yeah. I uh, also watched a second season. I, this is, like, way behind the times, but um, <laughs> I, I wanted to watch the Defenders TV show. Yeah. And so um, I, I finally watched the second season of Daredevil, mm-hmm. which was good. 
I think yeah. it was actually better than the first one. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, some of it, there's some, like, there's some hardcore cheese, in there, especially <laughs> with, like, Daredevil and Elektra, mm. where, like, ah, uh, you know... This is too much. Man. <laughs> you know, like, there's, I mean, like, how many times is, first of all, like, first of all, I, like, I can't take it that, like, she's, like, all, Galetta's, like, always getting cut and beat up and smashed, mm-hmm. and, like, Matt is not. Mm. I'm, like, she's a better, I mean, maybe he's a little better with his, like, hearing, but she's, yeah. like, a super-powered, mm. ass-kicking machine right. that's been trained by Stick for far longer than Matt has. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why she should be getting cut and poisoned and Matt has mm. to save her a bunch of times. Like, yeah. It's just because she's a woman. Right. This is really, really dumb. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I can't, you know what, I'm fine. I like, I was like, I like the Japanese, like, undead people, samurais. That's really cool. Keep, mm. you know, what ninjas. I didn't get that part. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, the samurais that can't die, Nobu. I haven't gotten that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, so, yeah. It's okay, yeah. There's a whole, like, <coughs> um... Larger part in the second part where like Stick comes back and mm-hmm. it's a lot more interesting. Yeah, for me, um, more. I mean, the stuff with the Punisher is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a really he does a really great job of acting. Mm-hmm. He's kind of always the same guy, mm-hmm. but I think he's a better Punisher than he is the guy in The Walking Dead or mm-hmm. other things. I didn't love him in The Walking Dead. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I haven't seen. But now you have to watch the Punisher show, which just came out. Yeah, no, I think I might. But, so, but here's the thing. So there's a lot of stuff I'll say. Um, it's fine. Again, like the like, I know. I just want Jessica Jones too. Yeah, I just too. want Jessica Jones. Yeah, that's too. been my favorite. M- Matt's fine. Daredevil's mm-hmm. fine. Foggy's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Karen Page, and I don't know who's in charge of her in the show. Mm-hmm. She's the most interesting character in the show. Mm. Yeah, she is good. Yeah. And I think that you know. Foggy is, I think, supposed to be like the character that we relate to, yeah. but, we, but but they they we they change that they don't because mm-hmm. I mean like I and I think we're supposed to be Karen mm-hmm. and there, she does write that's well there's a really super cheesy thing at the end of the second season that she does, <laughs> um, but I mean I'm I care more about her mysterious past mm-hmm. than I do about Matt's or Foggy's mm-hmm. or anybody's or Nobles or Electros or Stick I don't you know yeah. Um, and and she's a real character with a real non superhero past, um, and it's and she's the most interesting character for me in the show. And she I think follows, you know, like we're lovers of noir. I mean, some of the noir things, you know, in which, in some sense, matter other people are. I mean, she 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 shows up in the show like as the as the female that draws folks mm. away. She is she's not morally ambiguous herself, right. but she is threatened by forces which are bigger than her. Individuals follow her, and in that following, they get. In touch with his deeper darker things. I mean, Matt at some point does go to Chinatown. <laughs> I mean, there is like some really strong noir stuff at the end. Yeah, it gets mixed up in a bunch of cop drama and other mm. stuff. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, they, they aren't, I think, able to handle the largesse of it. I yeah. mean, even at the, like the, on the last like episode, there's a part where Matt senses like an uncountable amount of ninja. Okay. And then there's like seven. <laughs> and I, you know, it's like not and, quite you accurate, know, yeah. and there's a there's a lot of like, oh, we're just gonna stand by while our superhero like the main where the principals fight. Mm-hmm. The Punisher shows up and like shoots everyone ahead except for the leader. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like, this is. 
so superhero cheesy. I can't really <laughs> take it, guys. Not what this so, like, you know, been like, doing, yeah. Yeah, and like, and I, I like it. It's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it seems like I mean, because at the end of the second season, you know, like people are calling him Daredevil, and that's not explained. Mm. He's the Devil of Hell's Kitchen for a long time. Yeah, and all of a sudden, people are calling him thing. Daredevil. He also gets like the Daredevil signature equipment. Mm. He has a mask that looks more like the Daredevil mask. He has mm. the, the the Billy Club, which separates in the middle. Okay, um, which are sort of his signature things. In the and, and, yeah. and at the end of the second season, he's like, I am Daredevil, <laughs> which is fine. He's telling Karen about it, which yeah. is fine reveal. And so it makes like the first two seasons essentially like an origin story arc, mm. which is fine. They rush it too much at the end, mm. um, which is you know uh, something I was complaining about. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, what I hear is I'm complaining about Daredevil too. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I think, in, like I said, in general, better than the first. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on the show before, but like, I wasn't a really big fan of Kingpin, you know, yeah, the Wilson either. Fisk yeah. character. Mm-hmm. And he shows, I mean, he shows up in the second season, and he's an important character in a couple episodes. Yeah. But like, I just, I don't like him. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, he's a bad guy, I'm not supposed to like him. Yeah. But part of it is, it's like, he does not appear to be on the surface capable of doing the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Like he shows up in the prison with a couple notepads and he takes it over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's like why? I mean, like, I understand. <laughs> like you know, like sure, like we like he has some notepads and we jump to him owning the entire place. Right. I'm like, could he, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. also like. You know, and I guess it's like it's like a, his superpower. He's conniving. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the Punisher's power is killing people. Like, yeah, he just kills people. Right. Um, it, it's okay. I just there's um, I guess I, I mean if I look at sort of like the, the the network TV Marvel, which is Agents of Shield. Right. Um, you know, it's uneven in places certainly, but uh, you know, it's an A list cast of it's an, it, yeah. like A list characters in writing compared with. Mm, um, some of the notes. Yeah, you know, and like I complain about Luke Cage, you right. know, like, and again, I mean, but like, and again, like, the bright spot of all of these things is Rosario Dawson. Like, <laughs> right. the minute she's so. in there mm-hmm. with her, like, top notch acting, and, and it, even, it, yeah. even like her character, her character mm-hmm. is more interesting in many ways than these other people. Right. I mean, at some point, you know, like, she is, is like, uh, more impulsive about things that matter. Mm-hmm. She, like, takes more personal risk. Mm-hmm. You know, she's more emotionally complicated because I mean so much of yeah here's me complaining so much of like the Daredevil is like I'm gonna deal with City which like it just sounds like uh, the character of Arrow in Arrow yeah um, which is like you have failed the city which is by the way like I would not call Arrow a good show <laughs> it is fun yeah. for the first season or two because I mean Green Arrow is one of my favorite characters they mm. don't they don't do like an awesome they don't do an awesome, awesome job of it but it's uh, yeah. alright um, it's just you know it's like it's Daredevil's like I'm I'm Daredevil I'm currently Daredeviling because of Daredevil and Daredevil <laughs> Daredevil, Daredevil I'm like could you have something else that you do yeah, besides yeah, yeah. I'm stodgy and don't let people in and right. I'm going to continue to do this for forever because you know in contrast to him Electra's interesting mm-hmm. Stick is a really interesting character I think he's a, he's a great in the show mm-hmm. um, so yeah I just wish that um yeah, I don't know. That's the end of my complaining about Daredevil. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that if I watch The Defenders, I will get a whole lot of Jessica Jones, and that will be great. Yeah. And that when The Defenders is done, they'll make Jessica Jones too. Yeah, they need to. And 
Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I feel like general uh, consensus is that Jessica Jones is good and Daredevil is really good out of those sort of series yeah. um, on Netflix ones, yeah. My, my friend who also liked Jessica Jones and dressed up as Jessica Jones for Halloween, I was like, have you seen Iron Fist? And she was like, hmm, no. Generally what I hear is that Everything it's very bad. <laughs> it's, very bad. Is, it's generally not worth my time. Yeah, that's what I also hear. Um, although he is in The Defenders, so. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to bring up one other thing. Uh, this is Mindhunter. Yeah. Uh, You've recommended is, it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was what we would call very, like, bingeable very binge worthy and so it did make me just want to like continue watching like start the next episode right away right. which i wouldn't say there's definitely shows that i like enjoy watching but i don't always like have to start the next episode right then i'm fine with well, i finished this i just want to pause yeah. a moment and say this um i wanted to, we had just recorded a show about stranger things yeah um and you know when you when you're binge watching on netflix mm-hmm. or amazon has an option to like skip the intro yeah i never skip the intro with stranger things because i like it so much i completely agree. like i like the music and mm-hmm. the visuals of it mm-hmm. are like so great a pleasure independent of the show i totally agree like yeah. i would just watch that 30 seconds <laughs> if i needed to sometime yeah right? and i think that um it's really compelling and powerful uh, too, too strong. Yeah. But um, it's really interesting because it exists in a world when you can choose. Mm. Right? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes my kids are like, why are we watching the credits slash introduction slash whatever for right. older movies? I'm like, because that's just how they did it. It's a captive audience. Yeah. But now, when you know that people have a choice, mm-hmm. you make it good. Yeah. So they want to watch it and they want to listen to it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the way it like comes through the letters, the oh, title yeah. of the episodes, yeah. Um, just getting to that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this every time. But most <laughs> most other series I do skip. Yeah, yeah, all um, the time. And also, I think I told you this before, but like, I'm going to bring up The Leftovers again. They had two different titles. Yeah. Uh, and I always like, I'm just going to skip over this. And then like, I end up watching it and then like, sort of almost cry during the yeah. episode. Anyways. Uh, the second one. The Leftovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mindhunter, a uh, new David Fincher show. He didn't, I think he directed the first two episodes and the last two episodes of the season. But what I enjoy about it, especially it's like about two FBI agents that begin the sort of modern view of trying to understand like uh, serial killers. Like they come up with the term serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, these people that have repeat murders and it's hard to maybe understand why they're doing it and so it's it's based on i guess a true story from a book i think this is much more dramatized version of it but the development from the fbi going and catching like gangsters and stuff was what it was originally formed for and them basically having an understanding of why people do bad things is like they're you know want to get money or they have like a spurned husband who you know his wife was cheating on him and so he kills his wife or something because of jealousy uh this was sort of their base understanding and then there started to be like uh people like manson who they couldn't really clearly understand his motivation um and things like that so the concept of the show is like they're gonna go interview these type of people um who are now like in prison to understand like what was their motivation what was their reasoning behind this how can we sort of 
psychologically understand these people or, you know, not understand them um, in many ways. So uh, I think it's like looking at David Fincher's career, he's done a lot of films that have dealt with these like murderers or these very dark things, violence. And I think like like uh, Seven, mm-hmm. um, Zodiac, I think is probably the closest comparison yeah. to Mindhunter. It has like in tone and feel and then also like subject matter. Mm-hmm. But I think the switch here is those have all been about like chasing the killer um, or even like uh, Gone Girl, um, yeah. if you've seen that. And that's all like in this show, you don't ever like see somebody like murdering somebody. Um, it's not really about that and kind of seeing that. Um, I don't know if you would call those moments like a thrill, but like the suspense of that or anything, the sort of horror of those moments. So I I feel like he's growing also as like a filmmaker. Uh, Zodiac, I think he was good about one of the like most suspenseful kind of scary moments with like killers, but most of the time he doesn't actually like show that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's like the build up to it, mm-hmm. sort of the dread of it. And I think now he's fully kind of gone on to just like much better character development and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So the the sort of scary moments of this is going and interviewing these people and just like the way it's staged and the acting and the sound and everything. The first person they go see that kind of starts it, he's like this really big guy um, at least like almost seven foot, really husky, powerful guy. And so like he walks over to the table in the prison and it's almost like floor shaking. You, you feel every footstep. And just the way they portray that is like very imposing. Like these FBI agents mm-hmm. are very intimidated. But then like each person they kind of interview, they're actually often very well like spoken and very articulate. So it's kind of going against type. You wouldn't sort of think they're that way. So anyways, I really like how, uh, like, it just pulled me in. It was like one of those shows where it was like, all right, an hour just went by. Right. And I was so engrossed. I'm going to check and it out. Like, oh, and yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. going all the way I've through. I've always watched, uh, like, half of it. But the other aspect that I want to bring out is, while I've been watching this, not, unfortunately, anything too new, but the fact that it's continuing to happen is lots of mass shootings. Yeah. I feel like almost are becoming like normal in the news that we're hearing about them. Yeah. Not normal that they're happening, normal that we're hearing about them yeah. um, so often. And so the show spends a lot of time talking about like there's a shift in this time period where they had to look at like what is happening with these people that we can't really like pinpoint something easily for a reason why they're doing something horrible. Um, and I think even sometimes the killers themselves don't understand why they're doing it, like what's compelling them to do this. And so I, I think they, they kind of said like we, it's almost like a new type of person in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe they've been around before, but now like it's coming to the surface more, you know, in our modern society. So it, it kind of just made me think maybe we are not giving it the same sort of attention or we're not hearing about people that are looking at it in that sense. Mm -hmm. And that's all wrapped up in like, especially like our current government leaders and them not giving it the right priority. Um, But in general, you know, the the leadership, I think in our country, not um, looking at it the right way. But 
trying to understand that like there is something happening in our culture and society that's causing people to think that this is something that they're compelled to do um, and what are we missing that's causing it to get to that point so it's like uh, there's some level of like empathy for people that I think is getting sort of lost or like individuals are falling through the cracks that they don't have that or how do we deal with people that maybe naturally don't feel that empathy is all sort of concepts that the show sort of like deals with and I think is very relevant whether they meant it to be or not probably I think to some degree because that's Mm -hmm. been happening for a while this kind of violence in our country yeah I don't know I I think that it, it became much more relevant to think about what is sort of this compulsion driving people to hurt many other people and I think it's been not all like one reason I don't think it's that easy um, and we try to pinpoint like terrorist type people um, but I think it goes beyond that especially more recently to be able to look at that uh, some other sort of like small moments I wanted to mention um, that were really good like there's like really little things in like conversations and stuff that I that sort of caught me off guard as being uh, really genuine and because the show is pretty like slick um, like period piece in a lot of ways but it is mostly like talking and stuff it's not like action-packed or anything there are some suspenseful moments in it but the two FBI agents are like at a bar having like a conversation and they're not like super great buddies mm-hmm. um but the older one there's like a younger guy single guy and then like an older one who's married and mm-hmm. um they've adopted a son and the older guy a lot of times like is from the old school and like i just kind of like take it you know like we're dealing with these really hard things but like it's my job to just like internalize this and then you know just bottle it up or whatever you know like i just am you know i went to war right. like i just deal with this stuff so, but he, he, it's kind of this one moment where he kind of like lets down his guard and he's trying to like explain something about how he's feeling and relating to his child and stuff like that. And sort of realizing that they're letting in too much of this sort of darkness, I guess, from these people that they're interviewing. Like it's having an effect on them. And the younger guy is kind of like, well, actually the older guy is like talking and he kind of sees the younger guy like not getting it like what he's talking about and he even like says like yeah you're not forget about it like you don't understand what i'm trying to say and i just thought it was like a very unique like end to that conversation Hmm. um that you wouldn't normally hear like usually there is a nice like wrap up like yes i i hear you and i like we're gonna make a point in this conversation you know like we're gonna tell the audience something about how we're feeling and, like, so I, like, watching it didn't even feel, like, I totally understood, like, what he was getting at. Yeah. Um, but I liked that. Yeah. That it made me think. And, and so you kind of continue to see his relationship with his family a little bit um, grow. And then we also see with the younger character that he kind of feels empowered. Uh, I guess they, it's kind of the old thing where they blur the lines between, like, is the reason they can understand these people and start predicting some of these crimes because there's a thin line between them and like what these people can do you know what i mean like in the way they think or something like that but they take that in some really fascinating directions uh and he kind of starts to feel powerful that he like has this understanding of these guys um and it's starting to hurt the younger guys uh relationships and things like that too but yeah, I uh, I think the direction is really solid all the way through. 
Um, really nice camera work, as always, from David Fincher. Yeah. And I think he uh, always, like, things look wonderful. I recently saw a YouTube video about how he's known for, like, doing, like, tons and tons of takes mm-hmm. on things. And a lot of times people have kind of thought, like, it's to, like, wear down his actors so that they start acting more natural or something. Yeah. And so he's been kind of known to be tough on set like that, just like, keep doing it, keep doing it. Um, we'll get it right. But I think he's also, like, very precise. Uh, and somebody was pointing out the way that his camera moves, like, with people's performances. Like, they lean forward or lean back or yeah. kind of shift, and the camera, like, shifts with them. So they were saying they think part of it is, like, that sort of... Um, you're trying to get us to line <clears throat> Sinking between yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, so they're kind of like learning that performance in the moment, mm-hmm. and then the camera can kind of fluidly mm-hmm. like move with them. And it gives you sort of this weird sense of like being in sync with that character yourself yeah. um, in the moment and stuff like that, which I, uh, it's, it's like one of those things you don't think about, but after you, it is pointed out to you, uh, you start to notice it more yeah, and it yeah, like yeah. makes more sense. Um, which I think we did a little bit on our little bit of plug for our switchback short yeah, film yeah, yeah, coming yeah. out soon. We tried to kind of like um, flow with the character a little bit yeah, with yeah, our yeah. camera work. Yeah, and have it yeah. reflect sort of uh, how she's feeling and what's going on mm-hmm. with her in that yeah. time and space. Uh, so that's Mindhunter on Netflix. There will be a season two. Cool. Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's. I, I almost started watching it the other day. Uh, it's worth finished. it. Yeah, if you're into that sort of thing. We'll see how the Defenders goes. And <laughs> I still got to... You know, Plus with those couple seasons of leftovers. Too. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, that's our episode for this week, and um, we'll talk to you next time. You. Yeah.